hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Audible, Amazon Music. You could go on forever. Always appreciate all those applications. And thank you for joining me once again today to talk about the Minnesota Wild. As this past week, try as they might, they managed to go only one, two, and oh. And that's just kind of how it goes. One, two, and oh. Uh, didn't look that pretty doing it, though, of course, a couple of positive moments here and there. Again, well, at least you, got, uh, you feel a hell of a lot better about the 2015 draft. That's for sure. I'm actually writing a piece about it for Gone Puck Wild. It's just about done. Guys like Jewel Eriksenek, Jordan Greenway, and of course, Kirill Kaprizov, who hadn't been here yet. He was the one positive in that draft for the most part. Jewel Eriksenek looked like a, a first-round pick who's made it to the NHL, mostly a defensive specialist who can't score. But now he's starting to score pretty well, and his defense obviously still one of the best in the league out there. And Jordan Greenway managing to help to help lead the Wild in scoring with Jewel Eriksenek and Kirill Kaprizov, all 2015 draft picks. Again, looking forward to finishing up that article. Check that out when you have time, of course. Uh, gone Buck Wild. But they're all leading the club in scoring. <laughs> Kevin Fiala finally scored his first goal this week. I believe I picked the correct game uh, when the Wild won 4-1 to versus the San Jose Sharks last week. Good feeling there. That was the first game and the only win of the, of the group. That was on Friday the 22nd. Perfect day for that, 22, 22nd. Yeah, Fiala, yeah. And then Greenway would get his first and only goal as well. Uh, Fiala would score again in the 5-3 to loss in San Jose the next night. That was an empty net situation there. And, of course, Brent Burns with the dagger to put the Sharks ahead with less than two minutes remaining. Frustrating game for the Wild, to be quite frank. Most of these games were pretty boring. Uh, the Kings game, Los Angeles Kings game, was pretty boring, obviously, but at least the Wild would get some scoring chances, just couldn't finish against L.A. We'll be playing L.A. again coming up very shortly here as the schedule continues versus California teams, this and that, and we'll finally uh, not play a California team and start playing Colorado uh, going into next week. That's the predictions in segment number two. So we're going to have the review segment, one and two, three games. We'll be previewing four games, but only two teams. Basically, Kings and Colorado will be playing Colorado three times. Three times, yeah. Pretty crazy. So then again, with the fact that the uh, <clears throat> previous segment will be shorter with only two teams, I'll continue with the format I had last week with the uh, uh, prospect talk right after the preview. That's pretty much how I did it before, and then I just jump into fan interaction. It used to be a two-segment show. I'm making fan interaction a third segment nowadays. Because it's, it's getting bigger, which is nice. I, I I like that a lot, interacting more and more with people. Always want to thank Eric Felska for helping out with that on Twitter, at Brave the Wild. And then your questions and comments, hashtag BTWMN, BTWMN, just to put that in there. Just like other shows do that, like, you know, Sue Han and Russo and all those guys. That's how you can see the, the comments. And, of course, mentions work, too. 4-1 to loss on Friday, or 4-1 to win, pardon me, on Friday. Again, Greenway with the sweeping empty netter. And Fiala with his empty netter. That was nice. Parisi with his first goal of the season. Getting a juicy rebound of Bukestad. Bugler, Bukestad getting his first point of the year. Carson Soucy as well. Drew Larry's next third goal of the year. And he would score his fourth against the LA Kings. Again, he's leading the club in goals. And tied with points with his uh, 2015 draft classmates, basically. <laughs> At the end of the day, Jordy Greenway and Mr. Kirill Kaprizov. Unfortunately, Kaprizov a bit quieter this week. I think he only had one assist 
at the end of the day. Devin Dubnik actually played pretty well in that, and the guys in front of him stopped the puck nice or stopped the puck nicely as well. Only 27 shots on goal versus Devin Dubnik. <clears throat> so just because we won four to one doesn't mean they all went against Devin. He actually played pretty well, and I'm not entirely surprised. Again, taken out with 58 seconds remaining. And the Wild Man is two empty netters. Not one, but two. Ryan Donato would not score in this game, but he would get five shots on goal. And unfortunately, he would score the next score the next game. And I'm sure many a Wild fan was happy about that. Myself not included. But okay, it's nice. I'm, I'm happy for him. Ian Cole, a plus three. How about that? Nice nice uh, couple games to start off his Wild career. Ian Cole with a plus three. Outstanding, as they'd say in Canada. And Jonas Burdeen also a plus three in the game. Kirill Kaprizov managed three shots on goal. He was solid in the game, of course, and Fiala only one shot on goal. Can you imagine? And that was the empty strange. Hopefully Fiala can get things rolling in the right direction soon, uh, though he would finish with two goals in two games versus San Jose. No, the, the San Jose Sharks. Marcus Johansson still one goal on the season. No assists. Felingo, Felino with an assist. I'm just blowing, I'm just teasing. And I got Drew Larry Sinek with a couple points in this game. Which makes you feel better and better and better again. Of course, that was against, uh, I believe that was on one of the empty netters, most likely. Yes, the Jordan Greenway empty netter. That's what I thought for Jewel Erickson Eckes. Only second assist of the year. Usually he has much more assists than goals. But uh, we'll see if the assists catch up and the goals keep coming. We're going to feel pretty good. At least the Wild won this game. Again, not a very entertaining game. There wasn't a whole lot of action until late. You know, more of a gritty, grind it out, you know, block shots, shot blocked, block shots, shot blocked type of game. Uh, the one kind of, you know, on it, well, it's it's a, it's exciting in terms of its news. It's not happy news at all, but Cam Talbot, I'm not sure if he had a, his ex- extended knee or an ankle or something, but a lower body injury in the game, which is not good news, and he has not returned since. Cam Talbot was ruled from, like, day to day to out now in the fantasy world, because I was lucky enough to get him after, you know, the, the draft took place, and the public draft. Uh, not in the famous uh, well, Minnesota Wild podcasting one. I'm doing okay on that one. I'm, we'll see. Capo uh, <laughs> Kakin had stopped 17 shots, keeping his goals against average below 3, which is nice. And I had a, I have an addenda and errata to say last week as well, when I was previewing the San, uh, San Jose Sharks games coming up. I was saying, oh, Devin Dubnik and... Uh, his goaltender mate, Martin Jones, had a, a, neither one of them had a goals against average under two. No, excuse me. Neither one of them had a goals against average under three. But uh, I suppose it helped in this one for Devin Dubnik. Slightly over two with 59 minutes on ice again. So slightly over two goals, but a save percentage, 92.6 for Devin Dubnik versus his former club. Not super surprising, I suppose. Usually goaltenders going against their own club do pretty well. Usually, once in a while, they do terribly. But uh, I suppose it's been kind of a checkered back and forth with Darcy Kemmer. He's had some real good games, and he's gotten his ass kicked in others. We'll see what happens there. But Devin Dubnik, obviously, you know, not up to the greatest start in San Jose, but played very well against us, to his credit. We'll continue now, moving forward, because we get to play the Sharks again. And we'll play them again later. And we'll play them again later, and again, and again, and again, and again. But that's how that goes. And now the whole map has gone out. I'm not understanding that one. Luckily, I can kind of cheat here going over here. So on the 24th, that would be Sunday evening, as the uh, Buccaneers were uh, entering the Super Bowl and the uh, freaking Chiefs were crushing the Bills, which is disappointing. Bills, nice start, 
but then eventually got crushed. Hear all about it on the Purple Mafia podcast, Minnesota Vikings show, covering the postseason was yours truly. That's how I roll. You know, I'm going to keep going with the postseason every year, even in uh, within the NFL. I'd like to in hockey at, on occasion if I can. Usually that's right about when spring cleanup work and lawn service catches on. It's hard to do weekly shows in that time of year, but we'll see. <laughs> Sometimes I can keep up better than others. Cabo Caca is your starting goalie if you like it or not. He is Lestate and Goalie <laughs> at the end of the day. Double D, Devin Dubnik would come in, give up two goals, and, uh, well, there it goes. This is a strange scenario here. Not sure what this is talking about, but uh, something funny going on here. Uh, nope, this is wrong. Devin Dubnik, that's a phenomenon. Yeah, Devin Dubnik was not in that. It was Martin Jones. I remember that very well. I remember him thinking, no, he wasn't in that. It's a strange phenomenon where last game statistics for Devin Dubnik was popped up in the goaltender situation. Yahoo's got to get their work together. But uh, Jones would give up three goals in the game. He was okay. He was adequate. The Wild managed three goals, which is nice, but gave up five. Of course, again, very late, though. It was a back-and-forth type of game. The Wild ran it the whole way, and it felt good. <coughs> but unfortunately, the Wild would trail 3-1. to one, But we all know what can happen in a 3-1 to one situation. We all know very well. Uh, Wild, again, Zach Parisi would open up the scoring on a pretty good play by Kirill Kaprizov in this one. Pretty good play there, setting up Parisi in stride, basically kind of in, you know, again, like like a lead pass a bit, and Parisi would finish on the break. Great play by Parisi. Again, always close to the net, but in this one he was moving towards the net and was able to raise it past Martin Jones. That was a good one. Ryan Donato would get his second goal of the year. Again, being aggressive, attacking the net. He would get his shots on goal. That's what Ryan Donato does. He's been playing on the top line for the San Jose Sharks. Pretty cool. And, yep, he would get his second goal of the year. Happy for him, I suppose. Evander Kane made it look way too easy on the power play. The wild penalty kill has been decent. The wild power play has been, uh, you know, invisible, basically. Unfortunately, though, Fiala would get a power play goal later in the game. Thank God. Two to one game in this situation. Nick Bukestad was close to the net. Looked like he scored his first goal of the year, and then it got waved off. And you know, you know, they had to review it, and then it got waved off. Interference, blah blah blah. And then, literally less than a minute later, Noah Gregor scores his first goal of the year. Isn't that always how it works? Immediately, like San Jose, boom, the San Jose scored, and then eight minutes later, Bukestad would get rewarded as he would finish kind of on a redirect off of a Jared Spurgeon shot. Spurgeon putting the puck on net as we want to do. Buke's dad would redirect it for his first goal of the season. So there you go. Bugle, there you go. You got rewarded, but unfortunately the Wilds still trail by a goal, which is frustrating. Should have been a tie game, but no. Can't be a tie game. Not in this world. Nope. Can't be a tie game. Okay, I'm just kidding. Fiala would tie it up on the power play later on on a very nice shot. Very strong release. Pretty far away. Martin Jones just wasn't ready for it. Again, uh, it was a one-timer. A very powerful release on his shot. Very powerful shot. From the Ryan, Ryan Suter kind of zipping the puck over to Fiala for the quick, it was like a, for the quick one-time shot, quite a ways away, way off on the point there, and he was able to finish with his second goal of the season, but then Brent Burns would <laughs> deliver the dagger of daggers, looked like Michael Jordan going up against the Magic Johnson Lakers in 91, I mean, really, where's, where, where was Marv Albert for the play on this one, for the play call on this one? Oh, a spectacular move by Brent Burns! And that's what it looked like. I mean, he changed. <laughs> it was an unbelievable play. He changed hands, so to speak. Uh, if, if you understand what I'm trying to say, he would change the <laughs> position of the puck so many times. And it got everyone moving, and he was able to raise that sucker over a cockatoo's shoulder. 
It was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Honestly, it was, and it wasn't this super duper highlight play necessarily either. He was, it was in tight space and he was able to make the right moves at the right time, release the puck perfectly and finish. Oh, former wild defenseman. Now it's been, what, how many years? It's been about nine and a half years now because there's the 2011 draft when Brent Burns was traded. And well, yeah, woohoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's, uh, well, Brent Burns has uh, been a superstar for the Sharks for a while. Unfortunately, they haven't been that good, but at least they're 500, I guess. And Matt Nieto would finish things off with the empty netter. Empty net Nieto <laughs> would finish things off. Yeah, woohoo. And the Wild lose 5-3. to Capo Kakinen would give up four goals in the game, unfortunately. Again, on that just absolute dagger by Brent Burns. Kakinen was not that great in this game. Uh, it looked like just kind of raised the puck in the air, and he just wasn't ready for him in a lot of cases. It's obviously the more you raise the puck, your scoring chances are higher, generally speaking, because the goalie has to move more, and the timing just has to be there. Uh, the second goal of the game by Noah, uh, the, the Noah Gregor goal, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah, the third third goal of the game, pardon me, Noah Gregor. I don't know. I mean, it almost looked like Dumba almost kind of like screened Noah Gregor. I don't want to pick on Dumba, but it kind of was that. It kind of looked like it. It just appeared that Kakana just wasn't ready for it. That was devastating, quite frankly. And luckily, it was a two. It was the whole two goal curse. It did. It did bite the Sharks again. But then again, but then Brent Burns finished the job. So what the hell can you say? What the hell can you do? As they say in the business, gotta keep moving, right? Gotta keep moving. <laughs> San Jose Sharks. Split. Now I play the Los Angeles Kings, and, well, we hope for a split. <laughs> uh, another loss for the Wild. Two losses in a row. Again, this was a very slow-paced game early on, which was frustrating. Very slow-paced game. Certainly in the scoring, a 2-1 to loss to the LA Kings. Jewel Erickson Eck would get his fourth goal of the year, which was great. Again, getting close and close to the net, and he was able to get that goal. <laughs> so, uh, the Kings obviously tried to challenge it, but luckily... There was no interference called on this one, and Eck, Erickson Eck would get his fourth goal of the year. But uh, Curtis McDermott and Carl Grenstrom would actually get pucks past uh, Capo Kakin. And I thought he was decent, but generally speaking, the Wild did a good job with the puck possession most of this game, and they were protecting the net nicely. Kevin Fiala, six shots on goal in the game. I mean, the Wild would have their chances time and time and time and time and time and time and time again in this game, but just couldn't get past Calvin Peterson for the most part, other than, again, Jules Erickson-Eck getting super close to the net. Pretty good in the face-off circle was Jules erickson He took the most uh, face-offs in the game. 11 wins, 7 losses. Benino, 8 wins, 7 losses. So at least both of them were, quote-unquote, over 500. Even Benino, uh, even Bukestad did well in the face-off uh, circle. 4 wins, 3 losses. Solid job in the face-off for those guys. Generally speaking, Parisi, of course, taking some face-offs in the power play and such. But the wild power play continues to suck, and... Just being honest. Just being honest. <laughs> it continues to suck. And it's like, what the hell can you do there? Uh, the whole third line factoring in on the uh, Jewel Erickson that goal. That was a wonderful thing. Those guys just play very well together. There's no reason to split them up. Pray to God none of them get hurt. But sports are sports. You know, it is what it is. Just, again, we'll just keep praying they don't get hurt. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, no shots on goal in this one. Probably one of his, uh, probably his weakest games so far since joining the Minnesota Wild. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, Hopefully he's able to get a few through in the next game. That's unfortunate. Uh, predictable, I don't know. But the, the Kings' defense, very solid in the game. 
Again, the Wild did get quite a few shots on net in this game. Not all of them are great chances, but nonetheless, you know, nonetheless, getting the puck on net, try as we might, the Wild could not finish the job. <sighs> only one, only one goal in the game, and Kelvin Peterson did a good job. Obviously, were the chances all spectacular? No, but there was something. I mean, their chances, this and that. They were chances. Fiala would get a lot of whacks at the net, this and that. Uh, unfortunately, just wasn't meant to be in this game, which was a major frustration for us all. Hoping for a heat map to delve out, but there we go. And, yeah, I mean, the Wild had a lot of shots very close to the net, but it seemed like things were already kind of smothered up in those situations. That's the thing. Uh, I was trying to get to that point. So many shots close to the net and just couldn't finish. Uh, again, credit to the credit to Kelvin Peterson, but at the same time, again, I mean, I don't know. It was just... It felt like a lot of them were just kind of whacking, 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 hoping for the best when there was just, again, not much space to work with at the end of the day. It wasn't like they were great plays, like, here we go, just make a little move, and then there you go. There's your 15th goal of the season already, you know, stuff like that. It is what it is. Yep, it is what it is. I'll stop rambling about that. Wild finish 1-2-0 and oh on the week. The Mike Madonna Award has got to go to Jewel Erickson Eck. I mean, he's the best player on the Minnesota Wild right now. Uh, Greenway again, yay, he got his first goal, but it was on the, uh, it was an empty netter. Fiala has been, you know, he's had his chances, but hasn't been able to finish for the most part. Again, beautiful rifle shot on the power play versus the Sharks, and of course, empty netter. If you have to score somehow, some way to get things rolling, at least that started. Hopefully the floodgates start opening for him. But Jewel Erickson Eck has been the best player in Minnesota. Uh, he's been winning faceoffs. His defense has been great, and he's been scoring goals. If they're dirty goals, they're pretty goals, whatever they are, they're going in. And hopefully, we're hoping and praying that this is where uh, Jewel Erickson is heading in the future, that he could actually end up being a 40 to 60 point guy for the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, that could be a legitimate 20th overall pick in the draft. Like, he looks like a first round pick right now. Not expecting a point a game necessarily, like he was able to do in the AHL. That's a conversation I've had on this show in the past that, uh, you know, Jewel Erickson Eck, literally a point-a-game player in the AHL. Literally a point-a-game player, which, of course, would mean like an 80-plus point guy in the NHL or in whatever league he's in, if that's the case. Not sure he's going to quite get to there, but if he can get close to that, you know, 60 points, something like that, then he is an absolutely wonderful draft pick long-term for Minnesota with the 20th pick in the 2015 draft. And Greenway, hey, if he keeps it up, keeps it up, keeps fighting, you know, keeps being the tough guy, using his body, finally using his body, Coyle would use it a little bit, but not much. And the scoring touch would come and it would go this and that. You're hoping and praying that there's more to Greenway than there was to Coyle. And things end up working out nicely. As again, the 2015 draft, definitely uh, center stage this week. Uh, sadly, Caprizov only one assist, but it was a beauty to Zach Parise. The James Shepard Memorial in this one, I don't know. I mean, it's true. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it to Johansson again. He's just, he's just, did you notice Marcus Johansson at all? He's invisible. He might end up with like 15 points this year. We'll see. But no, I think he's going to break through at some point a little bit. He's better than this, but it's, yeah, I'm not seeing much. I'm not seeing a whole lot. He doesn't seem to fit in with this team that well. Not a good start. And again, even Fiala, not a good start on the year, though he did have two goals this week. But generally speaking, he's off to a slow start as well. Hopefully, again, Fiala can get rolling. Obviously, he looks good out there. He looks good. It's just the puck's not going in all that much. Uh, but it, it will. You can tell with him it will. It will. Where Johansson, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to go in or not. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> we just have to wait and see on that one. <laughs> 
With that said, we'll take a quick break and we will preview four games with two teams. here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment, and of course we'll look at the prospects as well, and this time we'll actually talk about Brennan Menel. My apologies, my apologies, I didn't get into him uh, last week. Well, I hope you like playing Colorado Avalanche, because we're going to be playing them four games in a row, two home, two away, but first we'll be playing the Los Angeles Kings, and we'll be previewing three Colorado games. The next game, the fourth and final, will be on next week's show. So we'll just have to hope for the best versus the Colorado Avalanche. It'll definitely be a test of uh, a lot of things. Test of how we can do it. How <laughs> we can do it. It's going to be extremely, extremely fascinating. So at first we'll start off with the LA Kings. Hopefully we can score more than one goal this time. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. Not trying to be sarcastic. It's a little frustrating though. Wild's power play is 6.7%. Yeah, we've had a couple power plays. We did get one against the, the Sharks this past week. We had one power play goal. So we're 29th in the league. The Kings... 20%, almost 21% on the power play. That's not bad. Penalty kills eighth in the league. Wild third on the penalty kill on the year. That's good, so at least we're making up for it. Uh, it's kind of like the old days where the wild power play was always kind of mediocre, but the penalty kill was always, you know, tops in the league. And that's been the case thus far. Minnesota Wild have already played three games versus the Kings. There'll be eight total games on the season. The Wild lead the series two games to one. We'll be playing the Kings again next on February 13th, 16th, 26th, and 27th. So it's going to all be in a very short span after, uh, you know, once once we get to the mid, uh, once we get to mid to late February, it'll be all over. No more Los Angeles Kings, then it'll be God knows who after that. <laughs> we'll get to that when we worry about it, I guess. But, um, well, what's going to happen this time is going to be quick versus... Uh, it's probably, it's going to be Kalkin and Annette again. I mean, there's no talk about Talbot coming back anytime super soon, so... Kapo Kakinen, the net is yours for now. Uh, that's all there is to say. Jordan Greenway leads the Wild in assists. Anze Kopitar with nine assists on the season. Strong year for him. Jewel Erickson leading the Wild. We love how that's performing. Uh, the computer is extremely... Yeah, it's not functioning the way I'd like it to today. So I deeply apologize with that. Los Angeles Kings, though, we kind of know them. We kind of understand... Where we where things stand here, Kings have been a defensive-minded team that can score. Generally speaking, they actually have a winning record this year, which is impressive, I suppose. Not not a lot of people saw that coming anytime soon. A lot of old legends there. I got a feeling it's going to be Jonathan Quick in net, but maybe they don't want him in there. Uh, they they lost with Jonathan Quick in net. Might as well leave Calvin Peterson in there, I suppose. It's going to be Kakinen. I got a feeling the Wild will get a bit more of a scoring touch in this one. I got a feeling the Wild will manage three goals in the game. The Kings, two. I think the Wild win three to two in this game without overtime. Regulation win for Minnesota. Maybe a four to two empty netter. Kevin Fiala could get his third goal of the year. No, I'm kidding. I'm just taking an unnecessary shot there. Most likely guy to score in the game for me is going to be, I'm going to say Kevin Fiala. I, I, I just think he's going to be for the hard work he's been, for the hard work he's He's done out there, getting the shots on net. I think he's going to get rewarded. You just you keep shooting, and a guy with his talent level, I think Kevin Fiala does score on the power play in this game. It'll be his third goal of the season at least, maybe a multi-goal game, but he'll, he'll at least score a goal. Uh, that's a start. 
at the end of the day. Calvin Peterson's been pretty good in net. Jonathan Quick, not so much. Jonathan Quick's averaging uh, over three goals a game. Again, save percentage just under nine, uh, under 90, where Calvin Peterson's just under 92. And in three games, generally speaking, all starts, of course, not like replacements for Quick or Peterson. They're not replacing each other. 2.38 goals against average. That's not bad. Got to think he is eventually going to be the main guy. Uh, Kobatar with 10 points on the year. I mean, he looks like a superstar again. Uh, good for him. He's still very good. It's just, you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's been a long time. I mean, the Kings won the Cup eight years ago, uh, nine years ago, actually, this spring, which is really crazy. And then seven years ago after that, you know, two after that, oh, seven years in that case. It's been a while since this team was super good. They, were, they stayed good for a little while after that, but generally speaking, you know, they've been pretty much out of the mix. We'll see if the Kings can squeeze in somehow, some way. They would be in the playoffs if the season ended today, but I do believe Minnesota gets the win versus the Los Angeles Kings. Now, for a lot of people, the Stanley Cup favorite is the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and that's with the Wild games in a row. Two at home and two in. Well, two in the Mile High City. It's going to be a very fascinating, tough, tough go. Colorado's off to a 4-3 and three start, unfortunately for them. I didn't really get into who the Kings had played recently because they played us recently. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, nine points on the season. A lot of people see him as a possible, uh, you know, as a possible uh, Hart Trophy candidate. Kale McCarr, I mean, Norris Trophy, whatever you want to say. He's got eight assists on the year. No goals, but eight assists. Miko Ratton and the other excellent forward, young forward for the Colorado Avalanche. Eight points for him. Six goals to lead the club in that category. Landis Clogg has been absolutely fantastic. We all hate him, but he's good. He's damn good. Brandon Saad, the former Chicago Blackhawk, three goals on the season. You know, he's one of those kind of guys. He'll get some goals, but that's about it. Ian Cole, of course, formerly played for them. Will we see Greg Patteron in the game? I wouldn't be surprised at all. In one of the games, of course. Uh, at least we'll see him at least once, but probably multiple times. In three games, he's a minus two, and that's all she wrote. Philip Grubauer, he is what he is, and if he's healthy, Colorado could win the Stanley Cup. Uh, last, well, that's one of the main reasons they didn't last year, even though the backup goaltender did a good job for Colorado last year. It just wasn't enough, unfortunately, for uh, Colorado. Grubauer, just over two goals a game, and fantastic. Save percentage of about 90. Uh, a shutout on the season. Four and two, six starts. Hunter Miska off to a slow start, giving up over three goals. Of course, most likely pulled in a loss. Uh, for the empty net, and that's what it was. Yep, he had three goals given up, and then, you know, the pull, pulled the goalie and all that. We all get that situation just by looking at the number there. Not too complicated to figure out. Well, it's uh, it's Minnesota versus Colorado. <laughs> We've had some success against this team, though, despite their excellence. Again, four games versus Colorado, then we have a uh, two-game split, or two-game series, hopefully not a split, hopefully a sweep, versus the Arizona Coyotes, as they'll be a team we'll definitely be fighting for the postseason. Matt Calvert, Upper body injury, Pavel Franguz, lower body injury, as of uh, January 19th. You know, they're names, but they're not huge names. Nico Sturm, illness, uh-oh, uh-oh, Nico Sturm, yep, unfortunately, as of the 22nd, of course, that's been a while, uh, he's, yeah, that's unfortunate, and of course, uh, Marco Rossi, still upper body injury, and Cam Talbot, lower body injury, left the game on the 22nd, and... It kind of is what it is, unfortunately. It's no laughing matter, obviously. A hyperextended knee or an ankle injury, something like that. Something like that, which could, hopefully it's nothing super serious, but he's not going to play for a little while, looks like. Colorado, they're, they're not up to a spectacular start on the year, but they're still ever dangerous. 
Their power play, though, my God, it's, it, jeez, 32%, that's crazy, man. Jeez, <laughs> penalty kill hopefully shows up to play. Both teams have a good penalty kill. So Colorado, definitely a Stanley Cup contender. Fifth power play in the league, seventh power play in the league. So watch out. Obviously, penalty minutes, they have more penalty minutes than we do, which is okay. Hopefully you can frustrate them and, like, score on the power play, which might sound kind of crazy. We'll be playing them eight times. And four of them, of course, coming up this next week. Then we'll be playing them four times, well, two times in the third week of March, and then two times in the uh, late in the first week of April. So, you know, we're going to be back and forth a bit. But, uh, so it's not like all at once, like the Los Angeles Kings, it's going to be wrapped up here pretty soon <laughs> in mid-February, which is kind of crazy. It's not going to take long for that one to wrap up. Uh, Colorado, though, we'll see how we do against this club. Let's see. Let's, let's see what we can do. Come on, Minnesota. Let's see what you can do, huh? Let's see what you can do. <laughs> Minnesota Wild. Uh, looks like Colorado. No, no, it's even. Why, why am I even looking at that? Of course, four home, four away. Duh. There, There is no advantage, and there shouldn't be, actually. Four home, four away. And, of course, with no fans in the stands, it doesn't help a whole lot either way. But Eck, of course, leading the club in scoring. Miko Ratnan in goals. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and we all know what Nathan McKinnon can do. <clears throat> Again, so Saturday... Oh, I don't know, man. I think the Wild win at least one out of these, these uh, three games. At least one. I'm hoping for more. I want the calendar in front of me. I keep pressing the wrong thing here, and I apologize. Colorado, again, what, what have they done lately? They have been splitting games, literally. They've literally been splitting games. January 19th, they beat the Kings 3-2. to January 21st, they lost 4-2 to to the Kings, beat the uh, Ducks 3-2, to and lost to the Ducks 3-1. to they beat the Sharks most recently on the 26th, 7-3. So that means they will lose to the Minnesota Wild. <clears throat> yeah, they're going to lose to the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, no. This one's still coming up. No, what, am I, what am I saying tonight for? That's the Kings. They will lose, well, I don't know who they're playing next. Uh, they're probably going to at least have one game between now and then. So that means they'll beat the Wild on the 30th. So they'll beat the Wild and then lose to the Wild in the back-to-back this is where things get scary, though. We might actually have to see uh, the, the Hamburglar in that. He's the backup goalie right now. Not that is a bad goalie. It's just, well, I don't think Cam Talbot's going to be back by the 31st. And in a back-to-back situation, do you really want Capo Kakinen in that in a back-to-back? I mean, you can do it. Maybe you will. Maybe the Wild do it. Oh, boy. I don't know. We might get swept. We might get swept in that series. But I do think the Wild split the the home games. I think the Wild split, because Colorado's been up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Unless they're going to start some huge winning streak versus us, which would be real convenient. I think the Wild go 2-2 two and two in the series. I think the Wild split the series with Colorado, but of course the next game will be later. I think the Wild go 1-2 and two in this 3, and then we win on Feb the 4th. That's how I'm going to go with at the end of the day. So Minnesota Wild do not win on the 30th, unfortunately. I think Colorado wins it like 4-3, to 5-3, to three, something like that. And then on the 31st, somehow, someway, the Wild win the game. Somehow, someway. And it's going to be like 2-1. to one. It's going to be one of those 40 shots on net type of nights. And Kakinen or Hamburglar, whoever it is, stands on their net and surprises everybody. And the Wild end up squeaking it out. <clears throat> the first game, the most likely guy to score will be Zach Parisi in the loss, unfortunately. And then the Wild win the game on the 31st somehow. And one of those weird 2-1 to one games but there's a ton of shots on that, and both goalies do a great job. Minnesota wins that one. 
most likely guy to score in that one, Jewel Erickson Eck. In those low-scoring games, it seems to be Jewel Erickson Eck is the one that's punching the punching the ticket there, and the Wild end up winning. It'll be at least be his fifth, or his, if, if not his sixth or seventh goal of the year. Who knows? Seven goals that'd be a little crazy. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Kevin Fiala gets a hat trick in one of these. Or let's go with Kirill Kaprizov is going to score at least a second goal. Please score, Kirill. Please. Come on, get it back going again, Kirill. Kirill, the thrill will be for real. And he'll continue to be one of the leading scorers from Minnesota. He will score at least a second, if not third or fourth goal of the season versus the Lanch. In fact, I think he's going to score both goals. How about that prediction? The 2-1 to win versus Colorado. Kirill, the thrill scores both goals in that game and then Jewel Eriksson will score in the loss in the 3 to 3 to 3 to 2 loss to Colorado in uh you know in Colorado Jewel Eriksson will get at least his fifth goal of the season in that one and the Wilds uh finish the week 2 and 2 beating the Kings once and Colorado once so 2 and 2 week for Minnesota with that said let's look at les prospects and let's open things up with the guy I didn't even mention last week. I deeply apologize. And, you know, I keep just focusing on the draft, it seems like. Brendan Mendel was never drafted. He was a free agent signing. I talked about him. I wrote an article about him and all that a few months back. I loved writing that one because I'm a big fan. Uh, Brendan, Mar- uh, Hopefully Brendan Mendel gets a shot at the NHL with Minnesota still. In the KHL so far for Mince Dynamo, he's been very dynamic. Five goals, 24 assists in 37 games. Good for 29 points. He's only a plus six, but hey, at least he's a plus. I don't know how well they're doing over there necessarily, but 29 points. And this is the KHL, folks. This is not the AHL. The KHL is actually better than the AHL. So, but then again, the fact that he was able to produce in the AHL is a good sign. I mean, that's a professional league as well, but KHL is tougher and still very productive. It's a crying shame he couldn't score a point in the five games he played for Minnesota last year. Oh, I hope Brandon Mendel can skate up for the Wild still. I I hope he's able to lace him up for Minnesota. That'd be a happy time. But uh, off to a really good, uh, really good season there in the KHL. Let's look at some of the college rankings if we humanly, if we if we can. I know Philip Lindbergh stepped up in a big way. And an MNW prospects, uh, Pablo Bonnet and all of us gave him the uh, prospect of the week. Great, great week for him. Nick Swainey, who's been great, and I get back to Philip Lindbergh in a minute. Nick Sweeney, 18 points in 15 games. He's been awesome, getting the getting 12 assists on the year, and of course, always a clutch guy. Over a point a game now at the collegiate level as a senior, one of the leaders of the club at this stage. For the first time in his career, over a point a game, Nick Sweeney. Uh, a left shot right wing. Sounds very familiar in Minnesota these days, but uh, that's how he goes. <laughs> Jacob Golden, left shot defenseman for the Erie Otters. Yeah, he's not been playing. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, there is no... <laughs> there is no juniors at the moment. Bryce Misley, senior for Hockey East University of Vermont. Only one assist on the year in eight games, unfortunately for him. Feeling for him, definitely. I know Ivan Ladnia is playing in the KHL for Men's Dynamo. Same club, only seven points. So <laughs> a guy who's a right shot, right wing, and, you know, he's a forward. Forwards are counted on to score. And Brennan Mendel's, like, way ahead of him at this stage. So... Ladnia, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be an NHL prospect at the end of the day, unfortunately. That's how I'm kind of seeing things there. This thing is bouncing. Now, I had to switch from the computer to a different device, we'll say, because the computer is not acting well today at all. Uh, Sam Hedge is just giving you that, so I don't get choppiness. I hope there haven't been cho- I hope there hasn't been choppy audio on this show. Uh, I deeply apologize if there has been, but I, it's possible. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Sam Hedges have been on a slower pace this year, but then again, 
Still higher than his freshman year, but slightly lower than his sophomore year. Only 28 games last year, though, with injury. 12 points so far in 17 games, so 5 points behind his games played. 6 goals, 6 assists for a much better St. Cloud State team. They're very much in the rankings. I believe 5th in the country right now. U of M is 4th, so we'll see what happens with the Minnesota Copers. I know some of you like them, some of you don't, but I'm a big fan. Obviously, a lot of these guys, AHL and all that, but I know Simon Johansson has been uh, in the Swedish Hockey League. Four points so far for him in 32 games. One of them goals. Connor DeWare, AHL, Hovinoff, Hovi has played in only seven games. Not sure what's going on there, unfortunately. Something something amiss there with Hovi, and that's a definite, that's definitely unfortunate. Jack McBain, I think a future third-line center in the National Hockey League. Nine points so far for Boston College. is way at the top of the, uh, the uh, way at the top now. Paul Fenton looks like an absolute genius picking all these Boston College players, as that looks like one of the best college teams in a long time. They're probably the favorites for the national championship this year. As much as I want the Gobers to be, and maybe the Gobers can get the job done in the Frozen Four. I hope they can. But the Toronto, Ontario native, uh, Jack McBain, good third-line type of guy, powerful center, but he can even he'd probably be top six as well. Two goals, nine overall points so far in 12 games for the number one team in the country. Philip Joe Hansen, who has emerged very nicely, now it's 10 points. <laughs> Obviously, he stepped up. He got one point this past week, but he had eight points in like 11 games during a stretch. He got one more point last week. Five goals, five assists, 31 games so far. They're not sexy numbers, but hey, at least he got to the double-digit range, and he had that nice stretch for a little while there. Philly, Philip Lindbergh, my favorite guy, my favorite goalie. Oops, back up here. Philip Lindbergh, UMass Amherst. He's in his junior year. Finally got back in the net. Uh, he he was he was out there for two games at the start of the year. Gave up over three goals a game, unfortunately, and it was so sad. And then Matthew Murray, not Matt Murray of the now of the Ottawa Senators, former Penguin, um, <clears throat> but Matthew Murray, a guy who'd been who uh, Philip Lindbergh had been platooning with the past couple of years, was having a great season. And then they finally put Lindy back in last weekend, and he did absolutely great. Got a shutout and gave up a goal. That's it. He gave up a goal in two games. And now his goals against average is exactly where it was last year. 1.91. Save percentage slightly higher, if you can believe it. About 93. So, Philip Lindbergh's back to being Philip Lindbergh again. You know, any goalie can have a crappy weekend, a crappy game, or a crappy weekend, so to speak, in the college rankings. But I think that's who Philip Lindbergh is, at least at the college level. Less than a goal a game and a save percentage in the, you know, in the 90s. Like, in 92, 93 range, which I think is damn good. Nikita Nestorenko, Boston College, yet again, 11 points in 12 games. He's been he's been absolutely awesome. I see him as a second-line kind of a center. Very skilled guy. Obviously, was very solid with the Chiliwack Chiefs point a game last year in British Columbia Hockey League. Um, he's a plus eight so far for Boston College. Five goals, 11 points, 12 games. Four, your buddy Nikita Nestorenko, another Boston College player. Again, Paul Fenton loves Boston College. 19-year-old Marshall Warren, left shot, smaller guy. Oh, he's not that small. Yeah, he's small. Small enough. Less than six feet and all that, and well, under 200 pounds. Four points, only one goal in 12 games. But, you know, you know, plus minus of eight. He's been solid. He's been solid even when Boston College wasn't good a couple of years ago. Again, Paul Fenton looking more and more like a genius. Guskov, Madvik Guskov, who's played two games in the KHL, has not been active since, the, since then, unfortunately. Adam Beckman, of course, in juniors. Hunter Jones in juniors, inactive at the moment. Both of those guys. First off, who is doing very well so far in the University of Connecticut. Only six games, but seven points. Two of them goals. He's a left shot, left winger. And only 19 years of age. Got his whole career ahead of him. Very solid. I, I could see him as a top six kind of guy. 
someday in the NHL. Maybe 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 third line, but Matt Boldy's absolutely a top six guy, and he's one of the stars of Boston College now. Twelve points this year, way better than last year. But again, last year, the first half of the season was very sad, very sad situation for him. But he uh, emerged nicely and took off. And now he's got four goals in 12, uh, in 10 games, but 12 overall points for the left shot, left winger from Massachusetts. So he's actually from there. Matt Bold has got a future. And his, his mother followed Brave the Wild. So very, very cool. His mother did follow Brave the Wild this past week. I know he followed, uh, she follows, pardon me, MNW Prospects and a few other out there. Very cool. Uh, MNW Prospects. We, we, we love these prospects. Because we all know that there's somebody out there who could be a future star for the Wild. Maybe a couple of them. Kirill Kaprizov, it was a thrill, <coughs> pardon the pun, following him as long as we did. Keeping up, and now he's here. Now we get to keep up with the Matthew Boldies. Kuznadina, Pavel Novak, we'll see. Marco Rossi, unfortunately, has been inactive all year with injury. Upper body. To me, it just it reeks of like he had a broken wrist or something like that. But we don't know, because that's hockey. <laughs> Especially ask, ask Paul Fenton about that one. He's like, that's very disrespectful, and yet you're endangering the players, and he was really mean about it. But that's Paul Fenton. Pavel Novak, Pavel Novak, countryman for uh, Pavel Bennett. Absolutely, again, MNW Players founder and uh, our, our buddy there. Again, I'm proud to be a member of that. Pavel Bennett keeps up with the European leagues for that page, page, Twitter, Facebook page, all that. And, of course, uh, if he keeps up with the Euro players and pretty sure, I, I, I get mixed up who keeps up with AHL and college and all that, but I'm pretty sure it's, uh, yeah, the college one has got to be uh, Justin Bakke. I know Brandon Quast and I keep up with the, uh, the the junior leagues mostly, and I think Quast also keeps up with the AHL, stuff like that. I think so, if I'm remembering correctly, and I keep up with the, because uh, I know some guys, one of them does the OHL, I'm pretty sure that's Brandon Quast, OHL and some of the other major leagues, and I keep up, uh, major junior leagues, and I keep up with the the Q, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and British Columbia Hockey League. It'll be starting up soon. I'll be writing again on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Awesome, awesome. Great to be a part of that. And I've been inactive because of that reason, because the leagues have been inactive. Uh, and the Czech League so far for, uh, I almost called him Pavel Bonnet, <laughs> Pavel Novak, <laughs> on N assist so far. But he played fairly well in the juniors, three points in six games earlier. Damon Hunt, Mr. Tough Guy, the Major Junior Hockey League. No, <laughs> that's not it. That's got to be Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Five points in three games. Good. So some of the junior leagues are getting started now, which is nice. Yeah, Manitoba. It's Manitoba Junior Hockey League. We don't hear about that one as much, do we? Five points, three goals so far for the Verdun Oil Capitals. That's a cool name. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Ryan O'Rourke, an active OHL player for the Sioux Greyhounds. The Sioux Greyhounds. And Merit Kuznadinov, thus far in 11 KHL games. One assist. Bummer. So, <laughs> but we all know the potential there. And, of course, Marco Rossi, upper body injury. To, to me, it just reeked of like he had a broken bone or something. Like like a broken wrist or something. Uh, a broken finger. Who, who knows? It's unfortunate because... His chances of playing in the NHL this year would have been higher if not for that. But now it's just maybe they'll just be saying go back to the Ottawa 67s for now and kick, kicking ass, I guess. I wish, you know, that's how it goes, though, unfortunately. And earlier he got an assist in the Swiss League. Earlier in the Swiss League, in the one game he played for the Swiss League. Ottawa 67s for the Austrian native there. Very happy about Philip Lindbergh. Very happy, very happy. He was kind of the positive. He was definitely the prospect of the week. 
for that reason. What a nice week. Uh, two two games, one goal. I mean, there you go. There you go, Philip. There you go, Philip. Very, very proud of him. Uh, and I say that sincerely. With that, we'll take a quick break, and it's time for some fan interaction. We are back here on Brave the Wild Fan Interaction segment, which I love very much. Going to do my best to try to get everything organized, as of course, sometimes it's in chronological order, and sometimes it isn't. want to thank Derek Felska oh so much for helping me out with this. Uh, it's just the greatest. Derek Felska, crease and assist. Crease and assist. The Sports Daily. Crease and assist. He's been doing it for a long time, about 16 years. And I started today. I guess this is it. January 28th. 2008, 13 years ago, I started the very first Paladino Live podcast. I might listen to that today. It's actually in the Timberwolves Explosion, believe it or not, the Timberwolves Explosion uh, uh, feed uh, for the podcast. So go all the way down to the beginning. You get the first 22, the first 22 episodes in that feed were actually Paladino Live. So they got merged in there years ago. It used to be the Paladino Live podcast. And then, of course, after that, August uh, 2008, Timberwolves Explosion started. So that's how that all works. All those shows were actually recorded before Timberwolves Explosion, but Dylan, who used to run uh, the sportsstuff.com, merged that together in there because the Peladino live feed, I guess, disappeared. I guess it simplified things that way. Kind of cool. I don't even know how he did that, but I'm glad he did. So you can listen to those anytime you want, even the very first ever um, <laughs> the very first ever Peladino live show 13 years ago. But, of course, uh, it's more about Derek Felska here. 16 years doing the blog. Absolutely proud of what he's done. He's been spent. He's been fantastic, absolutely great. Uh, he's a great guy, and of course, uh, he does a great job with that with that uh, blog. He's been, you know, he's so informative. He's got a lot of interesting information. A lot of, you know, certain things you, you just can't say. Certain things you just can't say because you know he's under, you know, <laughs> the the person talked to him under confidence. You know that he's not going to spread the word about something that's you know just not. Not, not not the right time, not the right place, you know, that type of thing. So it must be cool. must be cool. I need to get more inside than I have been. Uh, I know some stuff, but not that much. Okay, let's get to the point. Sorry. Derek Felska says, Got a Minnesota Wild question on your mind after the team's recent stumbles? Yeah, they've been stumbling, haven't they? Ask at Brave the Wild. Just tag your questions, hashtag BTWMN, and ask away. Paladino Live will be answering them on the episode to be recorded soon. Please retweet. That. Uh, please retweet Mr. Tom Hay and Jay Bushy. Ty Sandstrom, Deast, Jody, and Emin Soda. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Thank you guys so much for doing that that have done it. I am not. I don't know if anybody actually retweeted it. Maybe a couple. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yeah. Oh, yeah, you retweeted it. Yeah, JoJo on the beach, Jay Bushy. Thank you for retweeting. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, Wild Hockey 2-0-1. I believe that's uh, Minnesota Wild Nation. Yeah, yeah. Wild Nation 247. Yep, great guy there. That's uh, Patrick Turner there. Good guy. Good guy. I met him not too long ago, and he's been a follower for a bit as well. So now I'm kind of bouncing all over. I apologize. I better get rolling. Ty Sandstrom. There we go. Oh, that's October, though. Shoot. He's probably got a new one coming up here. So I'll just have to scroll. That's <laughs> just how it goes. I, I wish this would stay in chronological order. Drives me nuts. I don't know why. It's probably a way to do it, but it... Uh, 
I don't know, a lot of the selections, they're not as helpful for some reason, so I'll just have to scroll. Here we go, Derek says, here we go, <laughs> it is what it is, right? Derek says, with well, the avalanche likely to demolish the wild in a few days. <laughs> Are the wild better off just letting it happen, being bad and getting the best graphic they can instead of resisting and ending up with a mediocre, i.e. riskier selection instead? Maybe. I mean, we're not scoring. We don't have a center, like like you would say. Um, we don't have a center. And like you were saying, there's a gaping hole. And, and yeah, there absolutely is. I believe you said that. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people. Yeah, and and it's, it's so true. I mean, there is a huge hole at the center position. I'm not impressed with Marcus Johansson at all. Uh, and, of course, yep, that's another thing uh, Derek's going to bring up right here. Are the are the uh, Minnesota Wild more likely to find Jimmy Hoffa's corpse than to find effort and fire in Marcus Johansson's game these days? Asking for a friend, I love that. Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, I, I love the dry sense of humor. That's awesome. <laughs> As I look out at this beautiful sky in Golden Valley, this is what I love about recording in this place versus Brooklyn Park. I can just look right out, and that's how I get distracted sometimes. But it's a good distraction. It's beautiful out there. Uh, it looks like hockey land. Um, yeah, Marcus Johansson. That's about how interesting Marcus Johansson has been for us, hasn't he? That's why he's got back-to-back uh, James Shepard memorials. He's got about as much fire as James Shepard. All of you remember James Shepard? There's a reason why I make him the uh, the bad award every week. Like, because he just he is just like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? He was a wuss. He he really was. Uh, Marcus Johansson. Yeah. I had a crappy feeling about him. I still remember a feeling that I was like, why do I have a feeling he's going to be real disappointing? I think he is, and uh, I think we're more likely to find Jimmy Hoffa's corpse at this point. I I don't know. I think so, but eventually, even a even a blind squirrel finds a nut, or whatever the heck the, the saying is. Or a clock, yeah, you get the idea. Clock is right. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Stop clock. Pardon me, Tim Hohen. Hand, 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 hand. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Says, would a different organization simply? Outright release a player like Rask after that absolutely hideous effort on the back check on the on the on the Crown's uh, goal last night. Yep, that'd be the Kings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, you know, you know what happened though. Obviously, the cap hit. The cap hit would still be there. That'd be the thing. So we'd still be on the hook for like. A, well, it, it would double. You know how the your salary, the the term doubles. The cap, the cap hit is less, but it doubles. You know what I mean? The cap hit usually gets sliced in half or like in a third. It's it's interesting. But it would uh, drag out for an extra couple of years. So he'd have dead cap for about, uh, what, three more years or so with Victor Rask. Three years after this one, so that'd be the problem instead of just, uh, you know, uh, you know letting him play out the, the contract the next couple of years. It's unfortunate. I wish we could get rid of him too, but it, it is what it is. And the problem is we're so... You know, we're so like so empty at the center position. It's like, what the hell can you do? It's uh, as uh, Jimmy uh, Jerry Burns would say. That's the thing. I don't blame you for saying that, though. I don't blame you one bit. I wish we could. I wish you could just say you're gone, out of here, buddy. But unfortunately, it's just we just can't. There's Tom Hayen again. He says, waiting five years to get Kirill Kaprizov in a wild sweater. Why, in the name of all that is hockey, was there no plan in place to have a legitimate center to play with him from the get go? Bad, you know, again, bad salary cap and all that. And a lot of people, even the, you know, like lately, Judd and uh, Judd and Declan on the the Judd's Hockey Show for Score North, highly recommended, of course. Uh, they uh, they're saying, yeah, like letting go of uh, Eric Stahl. We should have probably just hung on to him one more year, 
You know, well, we got Marcus Johansson for him. Crickets, right? Crickets? Crickets? Crickets, anyone? Yeah, we got Marcus Johansson for him. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was a mistake, I think. I think that was a mistake, unfortunately. If you could have traded him a year or so ago for a draft pick, sure. And then that fourth-line center from uh, uh, Boston, that wouldn't have been the worst move. But, unfortunately, the pass is the pass. That one's on Ball Fenton originally. This wasn't the best trade, was it? It wasn't. And I know part of it was the whole comfort factor. Like, oh, Eric Stahl's our leader. He's one of our leaders, you know. And there's that. So it's like you want some of the young guys to take over. It's just, it kind of is what it is. I think they were hoping Johansson would be better. Maybe he still will be. But, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're just kind of screwed at that position right now, unfortunately. Derek says, what, you, what would you be willing to part with to get Barkov to play for the Wild next year. Are there any players, prospects, or picks that should be off the table, or is anything negotiable? <clears throat> I would hope you wouldn't have to give up Fiala or uh, Kaprizov. I think Kaprizov is the least likely to go at this stage, at the end of the day. It would take a lot to get him, I'm sure. I mean, he's been a 90-point guy, at least once, anyway. He was a 90-point guy for Florida in 18-19 last year. 62 points, but in only 66 games because of the obvious reasons. 78 points in 17-18. So he's basically, on average, I'd say he's like an 80-point type of guy. Yeah, and I know you probably know that more than I do. It's just thinking it over, you know, kind of like analyzing it as I go. Uh, a center, yes, a number one center. Number two overall pick years ago. Spectacular. He's still only 25. Um, you're younger than Matt Dumba. Well, I think Dumba, Dumba for sure. What would Florida be willing to do that? Who maybe Dumba for sure, and then uh, probably a legitimate prospect like, a, unfortunately, a Boldy possibly, which would suck because maybe Boldy's going to emerge and be great. But Barkov could be great for us. That's the other thing. And on the Barkov, that's funny. Another Finland guy, but he's legit though. This one's legit. Um, Boldy, Dumba, something like that. Yeah, probably a draft pick could have to be mixed in. It'd be expensive, unfortunately. I mean, but I mean, Dumba is valuable. Obviously, he's been a fifty-point guy. He might end up being great for Florida. Are you ready to go with Kalen Addison? Somebody like that, Belpedio. You know, somebody like that. Obviously, you got Ian Cole for insurance. A lot of people like him. I like Ian Cole. I'm I'm pleased with Ian Cole being a member of the Wild. You hope to God you can keep Carson Soucy. Obviously, as we head into the Seattle expansion draft, somebody's going to go. Um, boy, oh boy. Well, we wouldn't have to protect Dumba if he's on Florida. And Barkov, you know, he'd definitely be protected if he's on Minnesota after what you'd give up. But it'd be something like Dumba, Boldy, draft pick, something like that. It would suck to lose Boldy. It would suck to lose Boldy. Uh, you do not trade Marco Rossi away. Anybody that was talking about Marco Rossi, possibly, no, because, I mean, well, there you go. Maybe Barkov, one, Rossi, two, uh, interchangeable here and there. I mean, your top two lines, either one of them could be considered the top line either way, you know, generally speaking, unless it's, like, super obvious. Uh, but then you'd have two legitimate centers for the future right there with Rossi and Barkov if you went that direction. So you'd probably, you know, you'd be willing to part with somebody. Either either Fiala or Boldy, that kind of thing. And I'd probably say Boldy, obviously, because Fiala has already done it in the NHL. Boldy, we don't know. We don't know how he's going to translate to the NHL. He probably will be very successful. Very successful. Um, if you could somehow get away with Greenway instead of Boldy, that'd be really nice. Maybe Greenway's uh, value is way up now because of how he's been playing. Maybe they're super intrigued by it, and you could still keep Boldy, because Boldy's a big guy, too, and he's a left winger. 
if you could somehow go that direction. But if they want Boldy, uh, maybe that's the direction you go because Barkov is legit. So, yeah, that was a little more long-winded answer. And uh, obviously I'm trying not to babble too much, but this was a this is a very important topic, a very, very worthwhile topic, Derek. And, uh, yep, very, very worthwhile. Because uh, that, that could be a major future-changing move right there. And you're praying to God you get it right. Uh, knowing Bill Guerin, he's going to get it right. Uh, he's not perfect, obviously, Johansson and uh, Stahl, but it's just one-year rental either way. Stahl's one-year rental for Buffalo, and uh, Johansson's a one-year rental for Minnesota, and maybe he'll wind up in uh, Boston or something. Who knows? He, he played very well for the Boston Bruins years ago during a playoff run. So there you go. Thank you for that question. That was great. Great, great, great. Um, yeah, and it's interesting how Derek brought up Philip Lindbergh last week, and then, bam, he had that awesome weekend. So passing on some more good luck. Some more good luck, more good puck luck, and some more love, so to speak, towards Philip Lindbergh into this weekend, should they be nice enough to put him in there. Come on, UMass Amherst. At least one game, okay? At least one game in the weekend. Justin Bucky out of... No, obviously he's from Duluth originally. Twins, you know, he's from here in Minnesota. Uh, Sound the Foghorn Podcast, and of course, uh, MNW Prospects. How concerned are you about Rossi being out indefinitely? Concerned. It's frustrating. I'm concerned. It just reeks of like a broken bone, yeah. He, 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 he broke something. That, that's got to be what it is. Broken wrist, broken finger, broken thumb, something like that. Hand, broken hand. It, it's, a, it's a break. It's got to be. Um, yes, I'm concerned. It's frustrating. You want to see him play. You wish he could have at least suited up, uh, laced up and all that for Minnesota. For at least that, you know, the amount of games you can do is it 12 games and then uh, go from there. Is the NHL ready? go to the juniors for a year, or come to the AHL next year, or just straight to the NHL next year. Very possible it could be straight to the NHL next year. But, um, yeah, I'm concerned. It's it's sad and frustrating. Justin Bakke, as I'm saying it correctly now, continues. <laughs> One of the nicest guys ever, by the way. He says, with the 2021 draft seemingly weaker than the 2020s, do you see us either trying to trade picks to move up or trade picks to get a proven asset? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Probably proven asset. Yeah. Probably a proven asset, though, at the same time. I mean, I liked Paul Fenton's approach in terms of, like, the draft, you know, like, u- using the draft, utilizing the draft as best possible. Because look how good he did. Look how good Paul Fenton did in two years in the draft. You know, I mean, even Philip Johansson might end up being something. We'll see. I know that's risky business. So far, guys, though, the name of Johansson haven't done so well for us, have they? <laughs> Marcus Johansson, Philip Johansson, Simon Johansson, nothing too exciting there. Uh, and I'm sure Ryan Johansson wouldn't do well here either, would he? <laughs> um, I do think they're probably leading towards a proven asset, but not going crazy. I'm guessing Garen is somebody who'd like to have draft picks, but at the same time, he's probably more willing to move draft picks to make a move, but not for like David Poe or whatever the heck his name was years ago. Not for, you know... What the heck was that guy's name? Simon that we got last year, who... I can't remember the guy's name. Like, he was just a nothing. Uh, Eric, Eric Christensen or something, you know. Uh, you know, shootout specialist. It was very frustrating. You know, like the Doug Risebro and all them. They would just trade draft picks away for nothing. And then uh, Fletcher would do the same thing. And it just got so frustrating. You know, for like mediocre players. I think Garen will hold off for the best type of move possible. And, you know, not just like, oh, okay, we got to get somebody. Come on, we got to make some move. Come on. Uh, Hansel. Come on, Hansel. Ha- come on, Hansel. Though Gretel might have been more valuable for the Wild than Hansel was in that playoff run. Playoff run of one round. That was so 
gosh darn frustrating. That was the worst. Uh, long answer, sorry. But uh, yeah, it's it's important, obviously. They're going to, it's got to be a package deal with real players trying to get some type of a number one center, Justin. Definitely. In my humble opinion, as I keep babbling. Derek Felska says, yep, got another question about the stumbles. Yep, and I think that's the same one. I kind of like bounced back again. Or he's just repeating it on purpose to get you know people to respond. Jay Bushy, welcome back to the show. Says, how bad are the wild Michigan number one or number two center? Sure, with Rossi. Sure, sure. Wish Rossi was healthy to see his fit. I, I wish too, Jay. Oh, I wish too. Are we at a point to consider moving Eck up to number one or number two center? I would say absolutely. Um, the only problem is again splitting up that line because they're playing so well together. May, might as well keep them together, maybe just play that line more. Maybe they should be the number two line in a lot of ways. Like, just play that line more, I, I guess. Otherwise, absolutely. If, if the chemistry wasn't so, like, excellent so far with Reedway and Valino, I'd say absolutely, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer that X should at least be a number two. He is the best center on Minnesota today. Right now, he is. That's the funny part. He is, at least at the moment. We all know how things can change. Things can bounce. This can happen. And that can happen. And that's the NHL. But, um, it's fascinating, fascinating stuff when you think about it. it. Really is. I think, let's see, who's the next one as we keep scrolling down again? At Brave the Wild, at Brave of the Wild, Justin Bucky. Again, welcome back. Uh, welcome back again. He says, do you feel, if we don't address it soon, that we will lose ooh, 22 and 97? That would again be Fiala and Kaprizov when they can go. It would be a shame to lose either one of them or waste their prime years away. If we don't address it soon, yeah, about the whole situation, yeah, like center and all that. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we should panic just yet. I, I do believe Garen's got something up his sleeve. I'm believing in my heart. The way Garen is, and as competitive as he is, he's going to find something. There's going to be a way, and maybe it will be Barkov. There's going to be some interesting, crazy thing coming soon. Possibly in the next month, month and a half. That's my humble belief when it comes to uh, Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild. Pardon me for tipping over here. But uh, somehow, some way, he's going to make a move. It could be Barkov. It could be something else that we're not expecting. Hopefully not too big of a drop-off or anything like that. Hopefully <laughs> nothing like that. But, uh, yeah, it's scary. I, I understand your concern, but I'm believing and hoping that uh, he's not on his way, that neither one of them are on their way out. Let's continue to slide forward. That was a yep, good question, though. Very good question. No question, no doubt about that. No question about that. That's funny how I worded that. Uh, look at me stumbling and bumbling. I'm the one stumbling and bumbling. Here we go. JoJo on the beach. It was like he was originally responding to uh, Derek, but Derek, kind enough to uh, put it on this uh, thread as well. He says, Do the Wild have assets available to get a number one or number two center besides Fiala and Kaprizov, obviously? I realize teams don't trade number one centers, but is there anything? Also, where is Kalen Addison? Well, Kalen Addison, for one, he's, uh, you know, obviously he's waiting to be able to play in the junior level or in the uh, AHL, potentially. Both of them are not playing yet, but it's coming up. It's It sucks waiting. It's ridiculous that they wait this long. I mean, you know, however you feel about COVID-19, whatever, this and that, it hasn't really changed that much since November. It sucks that they've waited that long. They, they could have played in November. It's not any different in February versus November, really. Okay, other than, oh, the vaccine, this and that. And again, no matter how you feel about it, I'll leave my opinions where they belong on uh, 
the Freedom of Thought podcast, maybe. Something like that. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh, the number one center. Yep, I recently kind of mentioned a bit about that. Yeah, it, it's going to be something like a package, like Dumba, a Boldy, a Greenway. It's either like Boldy or Greenway. Hopefully Greenway versus Boldy, because I think Boldy might be more interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, and a draft pick of some sort to make that big move to get the number one center. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be very expensive. Um, I don't think Kalen Addison's on his way out. Uh, uh, but again, Kalen Addison, unfortunately, has some learning to do as well. That's the other thing. He's a bit raw, unfortunately. Justin Bucky returns again. And he says, I feel this is a transition year, but the center position is still a huge concern for me. What do you see Bill Guerin doing to address this? We don't have a ton of trade bait, and the free agent crop is weak again. Barkov's the most intriguing center, but he is a UFA in three years. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of response to that uh, tweet. That's a good point. Yeah, you trade away a lot of players, and you got to pray to God he's going to come back. Hopefully you can have some type of uh, under-the-table. you know table. Not, not under-the-table, but uh, back-channel conversation in place. Because there's always back-channels. It's not dishonest. It's just sports. It's sports. There's always some kind of back-channel conversation. Like, would you be willing to stay? Or are you just wanting to go to the New York Rangers? Or the, you know, the Los Angeles Kings. You know, that's all it ever is. New York, L.A., New York, L.A., New York, L.A., or Detroit Red Wings when they get good again, or Tampa Bay Light. You get the idea. Let's keep going. But uh, I'll get to that conversation if I can remember here. I'll go back and I'll read the thread. Looks like, yep, I'll definitely be able to, because this is the bottom here. Derek Felska, JoJo on the beat. Yep, he's retweeting this one to me. Is there a way to lure Ryan Nugent Hopkins from Edmonton? Maybe if Maybe if they have a bad season. I think he just signed a new contract. So, well, you can trade for him. You can trade for him. He wouldn't be as expensive as Barkov, right? I mean, he he did just sign a new contract, correct? I'm uh, pretty sure he did. Um, yeah. So, man, it'd be expensive, but he wouldn't be he wouldn't be as expensive as Barkov. He's never been like a 90 point type of guy, that type of thing. So that's the uh, the positive side. Maybe you go that direction. And as I'm on the fly here, yeah, he's in a seven year contract. At the moment, the Edmonton Oilers, again, that would be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's what I suspected. Yep, he has signed through. Oh. I thought he had already signed his new deal. Okay, that was an old contract. My deep apologies. Well, that's why you uh, never assume. You always verify. As a certain private investigator would would say years ago, uh, Bill Deere. He is a unrestricted free agent. Well, here's the good news. Minnesota Wild, with all these uh, one-year contracts, are... So I apologize for that. <laughs> I thought he had signed a new contract. I'm kind of surprised, but well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things go with that. But again, the good news here is the Minnesota Wild will be about 22 million under the cap at the end of the season because of all these one-year contracts. So you're gonna, you're not going to bring Johansson back. Your Benino maybe if cheaper. We'll see how things go there. Um, uh, you do have to, you do have to sign and give raises to Fiala. And Kaprizov, that could be at least six million a year per per. So maybe you have a lot ten million or so left, approximately. <sighs> Depends on how much Ryan Nugent Hopkins wants, so to speak. Could it be eight million, seven million? Would you be able to get him for seven million a year, six million a year? That would be great. He's obviously, you know, been a very good player for Edmonton. He's not a legend or anything. He's nothing crazy, but you know, he's he's got the ability. Uh, boy. <sighs> I hope, you know, it's like, I, I hope, I, I, I hope the Wild can make a move like that. It'd be pretty awesome. But, um, obviously, you know, 
he had a good year recently. He finally stepped up a bit. He had a very slow start to his career. So there's that. Is the last couple of years, you know, he had 69 points two years ago, and then last year, 61 points in only the 65 games, seven points over this year. He's going to command a salary, unfortunately. So, I mean, would he be willing to take seven or eight, something like that? We'll see. Obviously, you know, if you're looking at an average of $12 million a year, you know, when you combine Kaprizov and Fiala, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to have to be a bit of moving around, per se, to be able to get him as a free agent, him being Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You could go that direction, or maybe you trade for him and then negotiate with him afterward, depending on how much, but uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see on that one. It's a, it, it's a, It's a possibility, but obviously Barkov is way at the top for a lot of people, I think. I believe there's a little bit more thread. The show's a little longer today, a little bit, but that's because it's a good conversation. I'm not complaining about it. Conversation's awesome. It's a good thing that it's, uh, it's longer sometimes to have some conversation, rather less of me babbling, per se, about the same topic, like, you know, <laughs> kind of off the mic thing, less than me, less of me babbling, so to speak, about certain things, but uh, more of uh, me uh, responding to you guys out there. Looks like, okay, these are all a thread. Okay, here, here we go. Justin, one last thing. I guess I was thinking of NHL players... But yeah, we have a few, we have a slew of picks to use. Oh, there's Tom Han. Tom Han jumps in. He's just going to disagree with this slightly. Having five picks in the first three rounds, including that will turn out to be two lottery picks, is a wealth of chips to cash in to get a number one center in the room. Yep, so uh, yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll probably throw in a draft pick at some point. Maybe it'll be the Pittsburgh pick, depending on how good it is, to possibly again go after Barkov or something. Um, not sure if there's really sign-in trades very often in the NHL, like in the NBA, it's like all the time for that type of thing. Um, interesting possibilities out there. I do believe Garen's got a plan. He does have a plan. It's gonna, you know, it's all a matter of time. Dumba will probably be traded for, he'll be part of a package. It's not gonna be Dumba straight up or somebody, most likely. The only guy you might have been able to do that with would have been like a uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I pray to God that you're able to sign him as a free agent. Before the uh, before he leaves, that type of thing. You don't want him to just walk off, sign it with the, uh, you know, <laughs> re-sign with Edmonton or go to, uh, you know, go back to Edmonton or go to the Calgary Flames or something. Whoever has enough cap space to make the move and somebody he would rather play with than uh, Minnesota, unfortunately. So we'll see. Hopefully he would he'd be willing to commit to us if the Wild go that direction. Otherwise, Markov, Hopkins, those are the, those are two guys that are somebody I think Bill Guerin has on his radar a matter of uh, how strongly they're on the radar is yet to be seen. With that said, we'll get to the contact details and wrap things up and some shout-outs, of course. Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, thank you so very much uh, for having me a part of that page in terms of, you know, just being a part of it and being uh, allowing me to be able to share links to this page and, of course, always love the uh, conversation, the interaction during games and with Wild News, this and that. Minnesota Wild Nation, of course, Patrick Turner, what a great guy. Of course, uh, always willing to have me a part of that as well. There's just, you know, the hockey community is better than others. You know, it really is. You know, there's always going to be people that disagree, but we're more respectful about things. And it just feels like there people are more willing to be helpful and kind to you. You know, not not everybody, obviously. I'll, I'll leave that alone about how certain people, they'll just ignore you. And that's life. That definitely happened in the, with the basketball world, basketball podcast, basketball pages, this and that. They'll just ignore you. They don't care about you. That's life. But uh, there's less of that in the hockey world. There really is, at, at least lately. Maybe years ago it was tough there, too. Um, the people are more willing to be to be friends and to work together. You know, we're all kind of making each other better. It, it's fun that way. Um, 
I love that. Uh, obviously, MNW Prospects, major shout-out to them. Obviously, major shout-out because, well, obviously, and I'm a part of it, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. just been inactive lately because waiting for those junior leagues to get rolling again and all that. So, otherwise, again, Derek Felska, crease and assist and all that. Huge, huge, huge part of this show. Thank you so much. And all the new friends that I've met through uh, Derek Felska. Can't thank you enough. And so proud to meet all of you. I better keep moving, though. Please do write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. Always appreciate that. I know there was two new ratings. One of them that actually had a review. I had it up and I put it away because I'm crazy. This was on Apple Podcasts. It's popping up gradually here. There were two new ratings, but one of them one of them actually had a review. The other must have been just somebody clicking five stars. I think it was five stars anyway. Oh, this thing is not cooperating. God, that's just about the story of this day. Everything's just... Technology sucks. Did you notice that? Technology sucks. Okay, Iron Metal Man on Purple Mafia. Yep, he's, uh, he gave me a positive rating on both, and he basically shouted out to, per- uh, to Brave the Wild on this show. And now he's shouting out to Purple Mafia, or Brave the Wild on Purple Mafia. Now he's shouting out to Purple Mafia on Brave the Wild. It's kind of funny. He was saying, I grinned ear to ear. I got a shout out. That was on Purple Mafia. Made my day. Thank you for making my day. Yep. And you're making my day also, Iron Metal Man, for giving positive ratings at both of my shows. I really appreciate it. Iron Metal Man, you're going to get the shout out again. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you from so much for this. I just, it's the greatest. I, I'm, I, I mean that sincerely. I'm not just saying thanks. Thanks for the high rating and. Who cares, you know? Just another one of my 9 million fans. No, that's not me. <laughs> you don't know how much I appreciate it, because I really do. Um, with that said, is there anything else? Yeah, wow, that one was from a year ago already, wasn't it? Isn't that weird? No, that's recent. I'm just staring at something. My apologies. Uh, at Brave the Wild for Twitter, of course. Facebook.com forward, forward slash Brave the Wild Minnesota for the Facebook page. And... If you'd like to do an audio submission, I'd greatly appreciate it. Simply open up the voice recording application, press record, and just basically start talking, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then you will be on the uh, you'll be on the show in the fan interaction segment. You'll actually lead off, and then I'll get to Twitter and all that with uh, all the good, good questions and comments. So cool. Um... Other than that, please write a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or other uh, applications. I know those two have it. Others, I'm not sure. But those of you that have done it, thank you so much. And those of you that could be willing to do that in the future, thank you in advance. Thank you in advance so much. With that, I will now finally be quiet and let you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you, and we will see you in a week.